0: Jesus, I crave to know you to know you will satisfy my soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 89. And in this episode, we are continuing on with part two of the Spirit teaching. And uh, we will just jump right in. I thank you for joining me with this. I hope the first one was um, encouraging and informative, and I pray that um, it moved you and uh, draws you into desire of knowing the Holy Spirit more deeply. So jumping in, we left off after the 10th work of the Holy Spirit, uh, so we are at number 11. The Spirit is our sanctifier. Romans fifteen sixteen says, To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is a fancy word for being made holy. As Christians, we are both holy and being made holy. There is a finished work of the righteousness of Christ, applied on our behalf and also a continual work of an external demonstration of our lives that exemplifies the inward work done through christ we are being made sanctified until our dying day and this is done through the holy spirit number 12 the spirit is testifier John 15 26 says, but when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. So here the spirit is testifying of Jesus. Romans eight sixteen says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit of God testifies to us of Jesus and makes our adoption real to us. Here in Romans 8.16, the Spirit is testifying or making real to us that God has adopted us as His children. Number 13, the Spirit is fruit giver. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. These are fruits found in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. Now, this, the end of this verse here kind of strikes me as, a, as an odd way to say something. Against such things there is no law. Well, as I begin to wonder how other translations might render that, there's, there's one called the Message and it's it's actually quite exciting how they render this statement. The message says this: legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Natural fruit is the result of nourishment and nutrition to the plant. The plant doesn't have to strive for fruit. It comes as a secondary consequence of being connected to the plant. Abide in Jesus, live in Him, remain in Him, and the Holy Spirit, our nourishment, our nutrition, will produce in you over the course of your walk in Christ fruit that will remain and be worthwhile. Number 14, the Spirit is gift giver. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each believer is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. We each have certain gifts that the Holy Spirit selects us to have and it is our responsibility to steward and to refine these gifts so that they glorify God. Misuse of gifts are not a reason to disqualify gifts from the body of Christ. Mature them, refine them, practice them, and share them with the world. Number fifteen, the Spirit is regenerator and renewer. Titus 3.5 says He, Jesus, saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our source of regeneration and renewal. Number 16, the Spirit is guide into the truth. In John sixteen twelve through 13 Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is not just truth in terms of correctness. Notice what Jesus said there. He will guide you into all the truth. That's kind of an odd way to say it. Naturally, I would want to say something like, he will guide you into all truth. But, As I said, this is not just truth in terms of being correct. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit will guide us further into himself. And in him, we find all truth. So, the Holy Spirit will guide us further into Jesus in Jesus we find all truth but remember the holy spirit is guide number 17 the spirit is convictor john 16:8 through 11 jesus says and when he the spirit comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness Because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus elaborates on those three aspects of conviction sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, I, we have seen the pinnacle of those three aspects sin, righteousness, and judgment. We have seen those three aspects in light of ourselves, right? We, we, we see that and we think of our sin. We think of the righteousness that we perhaps have not attained and the judgment for our sin and our unrighteousness. That's at least how I have always considered this verse. But see this. Jesus says sin because they do not believe in him. Righteousness because Jesus goes to the Father. Judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The conviction that the Holy Spirit is providing here is based on what Jesus has just said. It's not performance based. It's unbelief that Jesus is who he says he is and that he has ascended to the Father, testifying righteousness of those who belong to him, and then judgment of the devil, because he has been judged. What Jesus wants you to know that the Spirit is convicting or shining light on is that we must, one, believe in Jesus, two, know that righteousness is made available because he has ascended to the Father. And three, that the devil is judged. This scripture is not about your performance. When that became real to me, that was such a breath of fresh air. So, number 18, the spirit is beckoner. Stephen says in Acts 7.51 before his stoning, You stiff-necked people, Uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Resisting the Spirit means that he is beckoning or drawing you. To resist him means that he is drawing you or, as I say, beckoning you to himself, which is ultimately unto Christ. Do not resist the beckoning, the drawing of the Holy Spirit. He is our beckoner. Number 19, the Spirit is helper. In John sixteen seven, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So pointing that out, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The helper, he says, will not come to you unless I go. Number 20, the Spirit glorifies Jesus. Jesus says in John 16, 14, He, Jesus, will glorify me, or rather He, the Spirit, will glorify me. For He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is pleased when Jesus is exalted. Remember, quote, He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, this is important to catch, and this is something that I've just noticed in putting this together, and it's incredible. Jesus says, He will take, He, the Spirit, will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, since all belongs to Jesus, He will take what is mine, what belongs to him, all things. So he will take what is Christ's, which is all things, and he will declare it to you. So that tells us that all is available to us if we have an ear to hear the Spirit. And in doing this, it glorifies Jesus. Now, as I am sure there are some things that I have not covered. This is, I feel, an extensive list of work that the Holy Spirit accomplishes. As we near the end of this teaching, I want to be clear on the answer to this question, who gives the Spirit? In Mark 1, 7 through 7-8, uh, John the Baptist proclaims, and he preached saying, after me, comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew records in his writing, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit In the Gospel of John one thirty-three, we read the words of John the Baptist who said, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This tells us that without question, Jesus is our spirit baptizer. We can read in the Bible that the spirit was given through the laying on of hands. This is in Acts 8:17 and also 9:17. We also learn that that the spirit is given through the hearing of the word, Acts 10:44 through 46. And also Just being gathered together in one place and the Spirit Himself arrives. This is Acts 2, 1 through 4. So while these circumstances surrounding the receipt of the infilling of the Holy Spirit varies, we do see that, nevertheless, He came. We learn from examples in Scripture. But God is not limited to our perceived box, and oftentimes, he breaks that paradigm of our preconceived ideas. Now, I don't want this teaching to finish without getting the opportunity to make room for the Spirit to reveal himself to you. The Spirit isn't a feeling or an energy. He is a person equal to and himself God. God. When we treat the Holy Spirit like the weird uncle in the room, we grieve Him. When we elevate our own agendas and plans, we grieve Him. The Holy Spirit isn't an afterthought or for some who have come in touch with their ethereal selves. He was the plan from the foundation of the earth. God's great mystery revealed to the hearts of man by the person of Jesus, was to infill humanity with His very Spirit, our great Holy Spirit. Not an afterthought, nor a mission of feeling. He permits us to feel, but He is more than a feeling. Our great Holy Spirit. He is the very power of God, both gentle and explosive. Our great Holy Spirit. He is the breath of God spoken out over creation and the animation of life to our mortal bodies. He's the one that gives us purpose and hope. Without Him, we are dead bodies walking. Our great Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Spirit in perfect face-to-face union. Even before the beginning of what we call time, gives each of God's children the opportunity for that same union by the life-giving goodness of the Spirit. Now, first, we need to make sure, we need to be sure that you belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus must be your Lord, meaning you've given your life over to Him by putting your faith in him for your salvation and in doing so restored relationship is given back to god our father john 14:6 jesus says i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me luke 9:23 jesus says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross daily and follow me To be a follower of Christ means we must deny our desires, our flesh, and follow after Jesus. Acts 16.31, Paul and Silas tell the jailer how to be saved. Their response? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe means place my trust in, to rely on, to commit my life to, to lay myself upon Jesus. So many times it seems like there should be more. Like we're so tempted to to walk people through this, you know, repeat after me kind of statement, this profession. And while I'm not offended by that, I think too often times we overcomplicate it. If, even if we look upon the, the criminal hanging on the cross next to Jesus, much of our process in salvation is not actually seen or exhibited in that moment before his death. And, and even in what Paul and Silas tell the jailer, believe, put your trust in give your life to Jesus and you will be saved there is an element of trust that that must be exhibited that must be practiced we we must trust that what what Jesus said will bring about life he will he will keep that be true to his word, and so if if this has resonated with you in some way and and you find yourself not a child of God, if you have not committed your life to to Jesus, if you have not put your trust in him to lay yourself upon at his feet, if you have never made that um, either declaration or posture of your heart and for the first time you say I want to take this step I want to be be a part of God's family I want to marry my life to Jesus I will put my trust in his life-giving power then just where you are no fancy doesn't have to be any fancy thing if you're hearing this in the car you know, continue, drive safely if you need to pull over, you know, if you have that time, you know, do so if you desire. But it, it doesn't take any special process. When, when you feel the, the, the drawing of the Holy Spirit to take that step, yield to him. Don't resist him. And just declare even where you are, I want to, to, to take this step with Jesus. And when you acknowledge that desire, you begin on a new journey. You you sh- you are translated from one path to another, and salvation is is a entrance point. It's not a destination. It begins the journey of a relationship with Jesus. You become a disciple. You become a follower of him, which means we must constantly be in pursuit of him. We must constantly yield ourselves to his leading because he has become Lord and Savior. So if this is you, I rejoice that you have taken this step. Now begins the process of relationship building with him discipleship to him by the Holy Spirit. Now, for those who um, were saved just now and possibly others who are hearing this who are already believers, I want to give the Holy Spirit room to fill each and every one of us. Now, the Bible is clear on how to receive the Spirit. In Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus says this, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That's it. Just ask. Acts 8.14-17 says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for he had not yet fallen on any of them but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus now I want you to see that i know there's i know there will be saved saved people listening and thinking about this and asking those questions what do you mean this is an offer for me to be filled with the holy spirit i'm saved i am filled with his spirit and But I want to point this verse out because I think it's important and there's something for us to to see scripturally in it. It says that when the apostles at Jerusalem heard Samaria had received the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. John revealed this in his gospel. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word. And so they sent Peter and John who prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. But, but he had, because he had not yet fallen on any of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that's fascinating. So verse 17 continues that on and says, Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this word received is twofold, both active active. And passive it means in Greek to take to get hold of this is the active sense but also in the passive sense it means to have offered to one this is true in the spirit also Jesus our baptizer offers us the infilling of the spirit and we lay hold of him so again Safely where you are. Don't think about the distractions around you. Obviously, practice safely in whatever you're doing. But just give your, give your mind, your imagination to Jesus. Think on Him. Jesus is the one who wants to fill you with His Spirit and bless you with every spiritual gift that heaven offers through the resurrected body of himself. And we like we said in the book of Luke 11:13 Jesus said, how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him. And so I would just encourage you ask Jesus to fill you with his spirit, to permit you to have an encounter with the holy spirit that you've never experienced before. Ask Jesus to make the Spirit more real to you than you've ever experienced. Because there are experiences in God that we have yet to unlock, have yet to discover. And you may feel you may feel something, you may feel a warmth, you may feel a tingling, you may feel electricity, you may feel nothing at all. But just keep asking, keep asking. Contend to lay a hold of the Spirit. Ask Him to fill you to overflowing. Express your love to the Spirit. Invite Him in to baptize you into His baptism. All the while, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, drown out every distraction, every awkwardness that may, that may be pressurizing you, and just press in to Jesus. You may even feel a, an urge as you begin to Just feel his presence flood where you are. You may feel an urge to begin speaking words or phrases that you don't understand. It may be repeated syllables or full sentences. You may have control to stop this from coming forth, but don't resist. You see, speaking in tongues glorifies God. You will be speaking phrases, sounds, noises that glorify God. Ask Jesus for more. Ask Him to increase this in you. Ask the Spirit to increase His work in you even now. Ask for the fire of God to fall upon you. You may feel like crying. You may feel like laughing, like jumping, like shouting, like standing or kneeling. Just follow the leading of the Spirit. He will go with you as far as you want to go. Just don't take your eyes off Jesus. He is our great baptizer. So, I want to leave you with this closing thought. The work of the Spirit is multifaceted, but it is an ever important ministry. And I pray that this elevates our view. It brings up our view of the Holy Spirit, putting Him in His rightful place, bringing attention to Him, the only one who can bring about the things that we desire for in life we our country our countries have never more needed a great revival like they do in our day today and so i pray that this births something in you deep inside of you that yearns and desires for the holy spirit and that we become more in tuned with the leading of the spirit so i thank you for taking the time i pray this blesses you and we will see you on the next one. God bless. I would trade a million <clears throat> lifetimes for a moment here with you